Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here, and you're listening to the CFI Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. When should you fire a student? Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard here of M0A.com. This episode of the CFI, the Flight Instructor Podcast, is brought to you by, well, our ground school, and specifically our CFI referral and partner program that we have through that ground school. You're already sending students our way. Let me compensate you. Let me pay you for doing that. We pay you a commission or a flat rate for sending your students our way. Reach out to Scott Carson. Scott is the guy behind Inspire Aviation, our other podcast you have, and he's also in charge of our CFI partner program. Send him an email, scott, S-C-O-T-T, at M-Zero-A, Dot com Scott at M-Z-E-R-O-A dot com to learn more and tell them you heard about that on the CFI, the Flight Instructor podcast. When to fire a student. By the way, this topic comes from our good friend and CFI partner, Kyle. Uh, Kyle, is uh, his business has been booming lately, and I apologize. Kyle and I haven't got a chance to, to chat more. He was at Oshkosh, but we were both so swamped with everything, but his business is literally uh, uh, taken off, taken over different flight schools, and really has a lot of great things um, going for him, and he is one of our more successful CFI partners as well through the partner program I just mentioned. He said, Jason, can we talk for a second about firing a student, and and more than happy to. Um, as a flight instructor, I personally have only been fired once. I've shared, actually, just recently shared that story on a webinar I did called Jason's Solo Story. Uh, it's up on YouTube now as a webinar recording. It's also on m0a.com if you want to find that and kind of listen to it. Um, although I've only been fired once, and it was very early on in my uh, in my teaching days. I fired dozens of students, and I've gotten to the point now where I can kind of have a conversation with somebody and know if they're going to be a good fit or not. See, back in my early days as a flight instructor, it was, oh my goodness, you want to learn to fly? Oh my goodness, your check cleared? Absolutely, let's go fly together. If they had a heartbeat and their check could clear, their credit card was approved, man, we were going flying. It didn't matter. I was a starving college kid, 18, 19 years old. It was time to make some money in this flying gig. Absolutely, I was. And through that, I had to learn the hard way what kind of students made good fits, first off, for my teaching style, but sometimes there's just not good students. When to fire a student. And the same is true in business. If any of you are business owners, you know you got to fire customers sometimes. Unfortunately, here at M0A.com, we do that here too. We've gotten good at it though, unfortunately. But it's one of those facts of life. It's classic 80-20 principle. You know, the people who complain the most and, and steal your mental bandwidth the most are the ones that contribute the smallest to the bottom line sometimes. And let me share with you what I believe are the three types of students and the three personas of students 
that need to be fired. And of course, it, it wouldn't be a, an M0A.com podcast without having a story to back up each and every one of these personas. There's three types of students I avoid, and I think you should consider firing if it gets out of hand. And here's what it is. The first is this. It's the cocky, overconfident student. And as pilots, I understand we need to be confident. But there's such a difference between confidence and cockiness and overconfidence and cockiness. You apply the two together, you get a student that I don't really want to deal with. And this dates back to real, real early. This, this pilot, and again, I'll avoid using names and everything else, although I doubt they'd listen to the CFI podcast if, if they continued on to be pilots. This was really, really early on. I want to say my first two, three students. I have to look at my logbook and actually see, but definitely my first three students or so. And this individual owned an airplane. And he owned an airplane and wanted me to teach him to fly it. And I said, again, I was, your credit card's good, your, your pay cat, whatever it is, absolutely, let's go flying. And I kind of got to learn more and more about this, this person and kind of their overconfidence, a little bit cocky, but I was young, naive. I, I tried to see through it, whatever. And I remember they were really riding me hard. Jason, when am I going to solo? Like, well, when you're ready, I'll solo. You know, Jason, you understand. Listen, I want to solo. I, I'm expecting to solo. Jason, I've got 10 hours and you haven't soloed me yet. What's your problem? Maybe I need to get a new instructor. And they kind of started playing that game with me here a little bit. Try And again, I am a young 18, 19-year-old kid living on my own. Rent is due. Cell phones due. Got all these bills. I can't afford to lose a student. So first off, it never crossed my mind that I could fire a student. It did cross my mind that he's threatening to get rid of me if I don't solo him. But truth be told... He was only ready to solo in his own head because he was so overconfident and so cocky. He just wasn't a good enough pilot. When am I going to solo? When am I going to solo? On and on and on again. I mean, this guy, we had a lot of my stories come from flying with this guy. I share a story that we were practicing landings before his solo coming into land uh, at an airport, a towered airport at that. He stalls us at about 25 feet we touched down so hard. It wasn't even a touchdown. It was a slam and go. Forget touch and go. We hit the ground so hard. I cannot make this up. The airplane had all fuses in it. It didn't have circuit breakers in it. We blew all the fuses in the airplane. That's how bad this guy was. We came into land and we blew all the fuses in the airplane. The intercom went out. The radios went out. And I'm thinking... I'm at a towered airport right now. What do I do? My initial reaction was just go, <laughs> just, just go. We went to an uncontrolled airport and landed, found some fuses from a mechanic and fixed everything. First off, I didn't know what, what caused it. The mechanic figured out it was the fuses. I mean, you got to understand how hard do you have to hit the ground to blow every single fuse in the airplane? It was a real hard landing. It's a miracle we didn't blow all the tires in between, but this is the kind of guy I was dealing with. 
and we would continue. We'd work on landings. We'd work on landings. Jason, I'm sick of working on landings. When are you going to get out of the airplane and let me solo? And it got to a boiling point where I finally said, listen, you want to solo? Go ahead and solo which wasn't the right attitude. This is young, naive Jason, okay? This was, that was my way of dealing with things. It's as if I was trying to prove a point, but in aviation, you never try to prove a point that's dangerous. And I'm very lucky it, it didn't end up being worse than it could be. So he goes up to solo, and I'm sitting there on the ramp with my handheld radio, and I'm kind of fuming at this point. Here's this guy that basically guilted me into soloing. I'll take the airplane away. And at the time, I was also using his airplane a little bit to fly with some other students to make some money. And here he is threatening to take this airplane away, which then leaves my other students high and dry. So he wasn't just taking himself away from me. He would have taken me from two or three other students and, you know, two or three other hours a week that I was getting flight training. He really had leverage against me and used it against me. And I should have realized this early on, but I didn't. I was naive. So I said, fine, you want to solo, go solo, which again, is, is not the right way to go about it. I let him solo. I have the handheld radio and I'm listening and I'm kind of watching from a distance. I'm on the ramp. It's a towered airport. So I couldn't get, normally I like to be like near the runway to watch this, but I had to stay back on the ramp and I'm watching and he's, he's going around the pattern. He's making halfway decent radio calls and well, this can't be too bad. And He lands, and I'm watching it. I'm perpendicular to him, so I can't really see if he's on center line or anything like that. And I'm watching this, and he touches down, and I hear this loud screeching noise, almost like there's only one of two things. either land with the brakes on or you sideload the airplane really bad. In his case, he sideload the airplane really, really bad. The airplane took a hard left. I see a cloud of dust come up and something go flying. Well, it turns out he ran off the runway and hit a runway light with the wheels. It's a low-wing airplane. He's very thankful he didn't hit with the prop and clobbered a runway light. And sure enough, the tower comes on, asks him if he's okay. He says he's okay. The airplane's still running. And he taxis, taxis off, gets on the runway. And, and the tower says, listen, go ahead, taxi back or whatever. He goes, oh, no, 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 I'm okay. I, I, I need to go around again. And I'm thinking, you have got to be kidding me, my friend. You just sideloaded an airplane. You went flying off into the grass. You hit a runway light and you're going to go around again. I jump on the radio, say, Tower, no, please don't send that airplane back up again. He needs to come back to the ramp right away. And Tower says, oh, are you his flight instructor? So good to hear from you. I've got a number I'd like you to call. My first experience with getting to call <laughs> call Tower. Um, so I got to call the tower and they said, listen, we're sending a guy down. Looks like he hit a runway light. Uh, you know, he, we're, we, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, kind of do the paperwork and see, but he might be financially responsible for this. We're going through it all and everything else. And just to show you again, the personality of this guy, he ran off the runway, hit a light, and he thinks he's going to keep going and do two or three more landings. Not exactly uh, my ideal student here. And still you think, Jason, you must've fired him after this point, but, but no, I, I, I didn't have the guts to, I was, I was really, really upset because it didn't seem to phase him. He came back and goes, ah, you know, no big deal. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll do better next time or whatever. And here I'm thinking there really shouldn't be a next time, but gosh, he's, he, you know, 
he is the, the funnel to two or three other students. If he takes this airplane away, what could happen? So we, uh, he ended up having to pay for the runway light, um, which runway lights are expensive, by the way. Um, and we assessed the airplane. Everything seemed to be okay. He just kind of hit it with the main tire, took the light out. Tire was okay. Strut was okay. Airplane was okay. I wasn't okay, but he sure seemed to be okay. And there he was. He was signed off to solo. And I never realized this, but here's a man who owned the airplane. The keys were in his house, in his pocket. And now he has a solo certificate. And I never, the consequences of that never came full circle until one day he called me and said, hey, what do you think about the weather today? (laughs) At least he was smart enough to get my opinion. I sort of appreciate that. I said, oh, wait, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of iffy. I'm really not, not crazy about it. Why are you thinking about trying to, you want to sneak in a lesson today or something? He goes, no, I'm thinking about going flying. I'm like, well, you know, I, I've got, I got a class. I can't really, I was still, you know, in, in college at this time. I got a class. I can't, I can't fly today. I told you, you know, Wednesdays are a bad day for me to fly. I can't really make it out today. It's no big deal. No, I was thinking about going flying with you. I was thinking about going up by myself, just, just working around. And this awkward silence. What do you mean you're thinking about going up and flying by yourself? He goes, yeah, I just, you know, got off work early. I was thinking about going flying. And Again, all this, this tension, this anger has been building. And I remember thinking, you know, this, this isn't working out. I know you got the keys and that sort of stuff, but I'm not crazy about you just going out and, and flying around. And it's almost like breaking up with a girlfriend. I think you need to find another flight instructor. Well, he didn't like that idea one bit. And sure enough, not only did I lose him as a student, but I had two other students that were really uh, high and dry at that point because they had lost their aircraft to fly. And of course, everything always works out. Yes, I lost him as a student. I quickly found another airplane for these other students to fly, but that was my first experience firing a student. And it was awkward and it was hard and I didn't want to do it. And I should have done it a whole lot sooner, but I'm very thankful the experience didn't end up being a little bit worse in that case. Sorry to ramble so long, but that first persona is kind of that cocky, overconfident student. Here's the second persona. The always late, always seems to be too busy, never really has time to study student. This one really bugs me the most. I mean, the cocky, overconfident one is tough, but you know, now I know how to deal with that. You know, 10,000 hours later, I figured out how to deal with that kind of student. Really, I can figure it out if they're going to be that kind of student in a 60-second conversation with them on the phone, usually, um, and figure out if they're going to be a good fit or not. The hard one is the always late, too busy, never studies student. That one's a little bit harder to kind of detect. And it takes some time and, and, and you learn over time, 10,000 hours again, I'll do it. You're able to detect that kind of student. I've shared this story with you guys before, but I recently had to get rid of a student that was like this, the always late, too busy, never studies student. And it came to a point where he was chronically late. I'm talking not five, 10 minutes. I'm talking 15, 20, 30 minutes late every single lesson. And I'm not always the most punctual person. I'll be honest with you, but I sure make a great effort. And he wasn't making any effort. Not only was he always late, but he never studied. We'd do a post-flight briefing. He would show up just kind of having uh, what are we doing today again? Can you mind going over that with me again? I'm like, no, I gave you homework to study. And it finally came to a point 
When he was 15 minutes late, I'm calling him. He's not answering. 30 minutes late, I'm calling him. He's not answering. Finally, 45 minutes late, I'm literally getting in my truck to just leave. And at the time, I was 20 minutes from the airport. So it was, it was you know, a decent little commute for me to come out. for. And it was just him that day. Uh, it's really bad when they're late and it hurts another student who's early. That really makes me mad. But he's 45 minutes late. Finally, he calls me back. He says, Jason, I am so sorry. I'm on my way to the airport now. Hey, do you mind? Do you think you could uh, pre-flight the airplane, fuel it up, and kind of have it ready for me so when I'm there, I can just hop in and go with you? Again, awkward silence. And I remember thinking, like, th- this is where the, the, the cocky part sometimes kind of leaks into these other personas as well. I remember thinking, like, I'm not the one that needs to learn how to pre-flight. You're the one that needs to learn how to pre-flight. I'm not the one that needs to fuel up the airplane. You need to practice fueling up the airplane. Why should I do this? Because you're late. So you can just hop in the airplane and go. This isn't chartered services here. I'm not going to bring your bags onto your plane for you. I'm not a corporate pilot for you. I'm your flight instructor. I had to let that student go. I don't tolerate tardiness very well. I really don't tolerate, hey, get get the plane ready for me. So when I show up, you're ready to go. On top of never studying. Man, never studying bugs me. This is before we even had an online ground school. I'd send them to other resources. And now that we have an online ground school, they really have no excuse, but I still run into students who won't study. They're too busy. They're always late. It's always something. I don't deal with those kinds of students anymore. The third type is probably the hardest to fire. It's the not everyone's meant to be a pilot student. And if I get asked a question a lot from CFIs, it's this. It's, Jason, how do I get rid of somebody that I don't think is good enough to be a pilot? And that's real hard to do. I had a female student. She was very, very nice. um, But she was getting close to solo. And she really, I don't know if she suffered from panic attacks. She got a third-class medical. So she she may have been on some medication but didn't report it. I don't know. But anytime it got turbulent, anytime it got a little bumpy, you know, you come over top the trees, it's a little bit bumpy coming on final, she would scream and let go of the yoke. I cannot make this up. She wouldn't say your flight controls. She would just scream and let go of the yoke. And it took, you know, here we are thinking about getting ready to solo, trying to work towards that goal. And it got to the point where it was just, listen, If you can't handle a bump or two, if you keep letting go of the yoke, I can't always be there for you to step in and save the day. Maybe this flying thing, you know, isn't isn't for you. Maybe not everyone's meant to be a pilot. Jeez, heard those words before. Those of you who know my story have heard that story before, early, early on, less than 10 hours into my training. Um... And it's tough to gauge because as flight instructors, we're ambassadors for aviation. It's our goal to create more pilots, not send them away. But I think we've all run into people that are a little bit tougher than others to teach. And that was a situation like that. I've, uh, you know, I've dealt with, with situations where a lot of other flight instructors would give up. I taught a 
gosh, I want to say he was 65 years old, a gentleman, never flown a day in his life. It's different if you're working with like a rusty pilot who hasn't flown in 10 or 15 years and he's 65 trying to get back into it. At least he's got a foundation to work with. It's a little different when you're taking someone who has no clue about aviation at 65 years old and trying to figure it out. I remember he's 65 years old because that's how many hours it took him to solo. And we did get him soloed. And he was a 100-hour check ride. But we went into that saying, listen, I want you to know that, that there's going to be nothing average about what we do here. I'm going to hold you to a very high standard. You're going to exceed what everybody else is doing. Most people in 100 hours have an instrument rating. We'll be fortunate to be 100 hours and taking a check ride. He was, just barely over 100 hours. But you set that and know that going into it. See, as you improve and, and, and excel as a flight instructor, you learn more about these type of personas and what you should take on and what you shouldn't take on. But first things first, with these three personas... And there's a little bit more, and a lot of times they intermingle, and, and you know, the, the con- chronically late guy can also be a little bit cocky and everything else here too, but how do we fire a student? And trust me, if you're early on as a flight instructor, and gosh, I just, rent is due, I got to go to the grocery store this week, I'm eating ramen noodles, I could use the money, it's hard to fire a student. But how do we actually fire that student? It's, an, it's important because... That student is hogging your mental bandwidth, your actual physical time that you could be spending with another student. But the first thing I want you to think of before you fire a student is this. What is in their logbook right now that I have signed? Remember, if you sign their logbook for, let's say, a a solo endorsement, it's good for 90 days. And that can be a long 90 days because here's what's going to happen. If that individual goes out and hurts themselves in an aircraft and they find the logbook and the NTSB or the FAA comes back and says, hey, so-and-so, you signed them off to solo. This endorsement's still valid. Um, You're responsible. What happened? You say, no, don't worry. I fired them. They're not my student anymore. I fired them. The FAA is not going to care. You still have a valid endorsement in their logbook. If you really want to cover your behind, you can void it out by Xing it out, marking it void and signing and dating it, and you can void it out, but the student has to be aware of that. You can't do that behind your back, and that's going to be a real awkward conversation to have. Or you time it where you kind of start weaning them away when that you know that 90 days is coming. It's real bad when you got the 90 day, you got a calendar alert on your iPhone going, ooh, so-and-so's sole endorsement expires. Yes, they're no longer my responsibility. Well, that's a, that's a little bit scary too, um, but it's just, it, it's one of those things as CFIs, we've got to cover ourselves as well. Little things like that to think about. When firing a student, guys, honesty is always key. And I try to offer them another solution. Now, trust me, there's some students that I wouldn't wish them upon my worst enemy. And I don't really have a lot of enemies. I don't think, I would like to think I don't really have any enemies. And there's some students I've flown with that I wouldn't even refer to to people who dislike me because, jeez, they're a handful. But you've got to offer them some other solution. Usually, usually the solution for me is, listen, you know, this just you, you need to hit the books more. You, come to me when you've got the ground stuff worked out. Come to me when you got the written test done and the ground school done. And nine times out of ten, they weren't a good enough student anyways. They won't even go out and do that. 
I've had to do that with students. I, I was just recently, and trust me, my time is, I'd like to think, super valuable because, you know, the time we spend with mzeroway.com and the time I spend with students, I can only afford to take on students who really want to be there. And I was literally recently flying with a student who kind of didn't want to be there. And, and I gave her the ultimatum that said, listen, get the written test done, you know, get the medical done. You, you got access to my ground school, complete all that, then come back. Well, they haven't logged into the ground school. I can check all that sort of stuff. They haven't taken a practice written test. I can check all that stuff in our online ground school. Um, sometimes you give them an ultimatum like that and it shows that they really just weren't that committed to you, to aviation. Honesty is key though. If you don't think flying's their thing, you might just need to tell them that. If you, you think they're going to go hurt themselves in an airplane, you might just want to tell them that. And you might want to record the conversation, take some documentation, because if something ever happened, it's, you got to cover yourself as well as a flight instructor. How to fire a student. Never an easy thing to do, but it's something that's going to happen if you fly with any amount of students over any amount of time. You're going to have to let a student go eventually. Any questions you have, any dilemmas you have, maybe dealing with a difficult student, shoot me an email or shoot Scott an email. Reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Thanks so much for joining our CFI Partner Referral Program. It really, really means a lot. We're so blessed and excited to be able to work in partnership with you. It allows us to pay you when your student buys something on m0a.com, as well as it gives us a great referral source uh, to send students your way as well. So listen, guys, thanks so much for all you guys do. Thank you for sharing uh, the good word of m0a.com with your students, and thank you for bettering yourself as a CFI. Enjoy the rest of your day, and most importantly, remember, the good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.